1 Corinthians 10, 13. Everybody's there, say amen. If you're not there, say wait on me. First Corinthians is before Second Corinthians. If you're having trouble finding it. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. How many believe that this morning? I heard a story one time of a guy who woke up on a beach after a long night of partying, after a long night of smoking dope and drinking beer and hanging out with his friends. See, they had went to uh, Padre Island for the uh, summer and they, they the, the spring break and they were going to do some surfing and they were going to do some partying. And after about three or four nights of partying and surfing and having a good time, he had drank too much and he had smoked too much. And, and uh, uh, his friends will just left him on the beach out there, passed out. And he woke up on a Sunday morning and uh, he was dirty, he was stinky, he was in a pair of shorts, he'd been out there all night, his body was covered with sand, he had the sunburn all over his body, his hair was a mess, he, he, he said, something's got to give in my life. He woke up and he had a clear thought on a sunny day on a beach, he said, I need to change. He said, I need to go to church. He said, I need to find myself a church this morning. And I need to go to that church, and I need a change. Maybe you're here this morning, and God has told you to come to this church because it's time for change in your life. I don't know who God's talking to. Maybe he's talking to you this morning. Well, he gets up. He grabs his surfboard. He, he finds a church a couple of blocks down the road from Padre Island. He walks to the church and he sets his surfboard up against the wall. All he's got on, folks, is a pair of shorts, no shirt, no shoes, no socks, no nothing, just shorts. He walks into that church and as he walks in the back door, he don't look like everybody else in that church because everybody else in the church has got clothes on. He's the only one that don't have nothing on but shorts. He walks in, he says, you know what, I'm going to sit on the back row and I'm just going to sit right here and I'm going to begin to change my life. As he began to sit on the back row, people on the back row scooted over and didn't want nothing to do with him. He went to the next row, and as he began to sit down, people on that row scooted over and said, I don't want nothing to do with him. He worked his way all the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's 15 rows in this church. This just in our mind. Let's grab this. Pay attention. Listen. Let's just grab this in our mind. There was 15 rows in this, in this church. And every time that man tried to sit down, someone would scoot over and wanted nothing to do with him. So at that time, he says, you know what? I believe that God wants something to do with me. And he finds himself up at the front of the church. 
And now all the leaders, they usually sit at the front of the church. The back row Baptist, you know where you go. I'm just calling it like I see it. I'm just kidding. Not really. He finds his way to the front of the church. He sets down Indian style on the floor. And the preacher, and they're singing, and the preacher's up preaching, and they just got through singing, and he sets down, the preacher begins to preach. And I, and I guess at that church they had security, and, and he kind of notioned for the security, gave him that little move, you know, he gave him that little move, like, get him, you know, get him off my front row. Get him out of here. You know, we got little signs around here, too. If you get a little crazy, I'll throw up a sign. Preacher throws up a sign, get him out of here. We don't want him here. Out in the back of the church is Elder Bob. And Elder Bob sees what's going on. He sees what's taking place. He's been a church member for years. He's been a church member for years. And so he gets up, and he's, he's older. He's about 60 years old, 65 years old. And he starts making his way down the aisle. And you could just see the people on the rows getting happy. Here goes Elder Bob. He's going to take care of it. He's going to get this guy out of our church. He's going to throw him out of here. And we're going to get back to worshiping God. Elder Bob makes his way down all 15 rows. And the preacher starts smiling. And, and he gets back to preaching. Like, we're going to get rid of this trouble here. And we're going to get right back to what we were doing. And, and Elder Bob did what no one else would do he sat down Indian style on the floor and put his arm around that little surfer guy and sat there the whole time church service was going on he brought his Bible with him, and when the preacher said, turn to 1 Corinthians or turn to John 3.16 or turn to Luke, and every time they would share a Bible. Elder Bob took a look back one time, and he said there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Oh, there's room for you and others in God's house. Later on, they, they interviewed Elder Bob, some people in the church interviewed him. You know how we do. Somebody does something in the church you don't understand, you'll get five or six people saying, why'd you do that? What are you doing that for? What did you go up there and sit with him for? What, what happened? What convicted you, brother? It was a noble thing. It was an awesome thing. But I was just wondering, what convicted you? He said, I was that guy. When people come through our back door, I was those people. I haven't forgot it. I never want to forget it. I never want you to forget it. I haven't forgot where God has saved me and brought me from. And I was just like that surfer, worthless in people's eyes. But in God's eyes, I was somebody. In God's eyes, you are somebody. Touch three people and say, you are somebody. Grab your seats, guys. Just fit in somewhere. Sit down somewhere. You are somebody. Right here on the front row, guys. Hey, guys, right there on the front row. 
You can sit down. Hey, guys, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. This is our children who just went out and fed our homeless community in Conroe, Texas. And can I let you in on a secret? They are somebody. And they need our love. And this world needs our love. And this world is dying and going to hell super fast. So when people come through that back door, they were us. How many have ever done drugs? Raise your hand. Don't lie in church. How many ever drank a beer, got, got drunk, done stuff you didn't want them to do? How many have ever committed a crime, lied? Who's lied? Who's, who's, who's told a lie in their life? There's a bunch of liars in this house today. If you have never told a lie, raise your hand. If you've never told a lie. If you, you threw me off. I was ordering down, holy, holy help. Holy help for my wife, Lord, holy help. How I many never had a bad thought? Never had a bad thought about your neighbor. Never had a bad thought about your husband or wife. Never had a bad thought. Let me say this to you. God knows us. And he knows where we come from. But he still wanted to have something to do with this surfer. And he still wanted to have something to do with you. Yesterday, Dalton began to preach. He began to preach, and he was really soft-spoken, but he had a great message. He said, he said, a bull riding has its highs and lows, and so does life. And when you, if you're going to get through your highs and lows, you're going to need a relationship with God. And when he got done it, it, I, I, I just kind of felt like I needed to say something. And when I began to say something, and God began to reveal himself to all those bull riders after it was all over. Now watch this. Pay attention. There were seven young men. And the leader, now listen to this. The leader that was putting on the bull riding school, PBR finalist, champion, Pistol Robinson, raised his hand, and gave his life to Jesus. My wife, she was videoing this, and, and I videoed it, and, 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 and I asked Brother Butch if he wanted to say something, and he, he's the pastor of that church. He said, if anybody's feeling led to get baptized, if anybody's feeling led to get baptized, I will go to my church, and I will get my baptism, and I'll bring it back tonight, and we can baptize you. You can walk out of here clean, fresh, and on a new start. Brother Vic, it was the craziest way they baptized them in that water trough. These people better be lucky you and I love them. Because the water was about, oh, it was about halfway full. And they take them for full stance. Bam! They did. They baptized that first one. I said, this is a dangerous, dangerous thing to get baptized up at this rodeo, Jack. So instead of putting my hand on them, Brother Vic, I put my hand on their belt. So when they went down, I tried to hold them. Somebody finna get a back spasm up out of this thing. 
They're coming out with more than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> a knee injury, a head injury. We baptize those kids, but before we baptize them, and I guess this is where God is going this morning, and I guess that's why he gave me this scripture, no temptation has overtaken you, is what is common to all mankind, say all. all. And God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted in what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Before we baptized those kids, there was about a 20-year-old young man his hands had tattoos on his fingers. He had big tattoos on his arms. He had earrings in his ears. He was sitting there all by himself. And I, we were done. We were done. He, he was sitting there all by himself. We were done. They were loading bulls. And I was walking by to see what bull Dalton got. And he said, Preacher, can you talk to me for a minute? And I said, Yeah, buddy, what's up? And I sat down. And like Elder Bob, I, I put my arm around him. He said, look what I've done to myself. He pulled his sleeve up, and he had just the god awfulest tattoos on his arms. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I ain't a fan of tattoos. I got tattoos. Tattoos won't keep you in heaven or keep you in hell. It ain't a matter of tattoos. But he had wrote some stuff on his arms, and he had love and hate. And he had wrote some stuff on this arm. And he said, look what I've done to myself. He said, I used to be so passionate about God. He said, I used to be so faithful to God. He said, I, I, I used to pray every day. He said, I, I got four brothers and I've had to raise them all because my mama's hooked on dope. He said, I just became so angry and so mad at God. I began to mark up my body, and I began to scar up my body. And he said, I began to follow in my mama's footsteps. I began to do drugs, and I began to hate people, and I began to grow this hatred towards God. But he said, this morning, you were talking to me. This morning, you were speaking to me. He said, look what I've done to myself. I said, brother... That don't mean anything. When you ask God to forgive you, he puts all that we've ever done as far away from the east as it is to the west to never bring it up again. He said, I know that there's a calling on my life. I know that God has a calling on my life. I know that I'm important to God. I know that I'm supposed to be doing something for God. How do I do it? I said, you start serving him today. And when all hell comes at you and every fiery dart the devil throws at you, you stay on the word. You stay close to people that are Christian. You get away from people that you were running with. And you find yourself on your knees in prayer asking God to help you. He said, it's hard. I lifted up my shirt, showed him my tattoos. said, you ain't telling me nothing. You ain't telling me nothing. You ain't telling this church nothing. He never said carrying the cross would not get heavy. But he never told us to put it down either. I said, you can do it. I said, if I can do it, you can do it. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 20. 
I said, man, I wish I was strong and brave and as faithful as you are, 20, to raise my hand. I wish somebody would have come along and told me there was a better way at 20. I said, I didn't get right until I was 33. And I said, I thought I was right at 33, but I was missing this relationship with God. He said, that's what I'm missing. I said, it will be hard, but you can do it. Because every time a trial comes at you folks, God will get you through it. Whatever you're going through today, I'm done. I told you this was given to you by him, not by me. I got 10 pages here if you want me to start. But I want to move me out of the way and put him here. Whatever you're going through, whatever temptation you're going through, whatever you're enduring right now, God's going to provide a way out. God will provide a way out, a way for you to escape the troubles, the trials. Don't quit. Touch somebody and say, don't you quit. Touch somebody and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Say, don't commit suicide. Touch somebody and say, don't you commit suicide. This ain't no joke. That young man said, I thought about suicide several times. I said, I'm so glad you're here. You know what? You know what? Just like Elder Bob in the surfer, I still have my arm around him. God's putting his arm around you. Chris, pay attention. God is putting his arm around you in this church this morning. And he says, don't you quit. Don't you commit suicide. Don't you give up. Don't you run from your troubles. If God be for you, who can be against you? You know, I was, I was thinking about it. When Nehemiah began to work on the wall, he had trouble every day. When Nehemiah began to rebuild the walls, he had trouble every single day. Some days, man, it's everything I can do to come back here. Some days, it's everything I can do to be a Christian. But like Nehemiah, he kept on working. And God kept on being faithful. You keep on working on your relationship. You keep coming to church. You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep tithing. You keep supporting. And God is going to come through for you just like he has for so many. And we ought to praise him if he's ever came through for us today. So I leave you with this. If Nehemiah can do it, if that young man yesterday who rolled up his sleeves and showed me his hands and showed me his, his arms and told me his story can do it, then you can do it. You know what's cool? You know what's cool? He followed me around the rest of the day. Asking me about God. You know what's really cool? He was the first one ready to get baptized. You know what's even cooler than that, Todd George? Because I know you're cool. You know what's even cooler than that? You know what's even cooler than that? There was only three of them to get baptized, Miss Connie, when it was done. But when it come time to get baptized, there was four that wanted to get baptized. You know what was even cooler than him being the first? 
is bringing his brother with him. He brought his brother with him. They accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. We didn't have to go through a 12-week series or a course or any of that. We asked, do you believe? Have you asked Jesus in your heart? We made it simple, just like Jesus makes it simple. I baptized his brother first. I baptized baby brother, which was about 200 pounds. And boy, when he went down, I thought we've been at a wreck. I was holding on both belt Y'all lucky me and Vic like y'all, boy. The embrace. The embrace. <laughs> the embrace that those two young men had after they got through getting baptized. The embrace was amazing. It was beautiful. They grabbed one another. They held one another. They rejoiced together. And when they jumped off that flatbed, they jumped off new. And God allowed me and my son, Colin, my wife, and several others to witness His love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus to embrace like that. For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son. He didn't have two sons. He didn't have three sons. He didn't have five sons. He didn't say, well, Jesus, you're the least of these guys. You go ahead and take the cross for them. I'm going to hang up here with, with, with the rest of my sons. No, Jesus was his one and only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think the Lord knew a lot was coming. That's why he got on the cross. I think the Lord knew he needed to open his arms up wide on the cross to embrace the crowd. I'm so glad I was in that crowd. He stretched his arms out on that cross of Calvary for me and for you to embrace him. Let me ask you today, have you embraced him? Have you put your arms around him? Have you in your heart spiritually said, Jesus, I love you? <laughs> it's okay. Wipe your tears away. It's okay. You can cry. Because when I put my arms around him on that cross, There was no greater feeling. He died on that cross, but he didn't stay on that cross. They buried him, and three days later, he rose from the dead. He was seen over 500 times. He walked through a wall and said, Thomas, touch me. For any of you doubters in this place this morning, Jesus walked through a wall and told Thomas, where you at, Thomas? Put your hand here. Thomas said, it is you. That young man ain't doubting today that God's got a plan for his life. And you don't need to doubt today that God ain't got a plan for your life. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord. No temptation has overtaken you what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way for you to escape and endure it. Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus to please the recruiter. No one is serving as a soldier gets entangled in concerns of every day. Be a strong and courageous person this morning. Give your life to Jesus. He loves you so much. It don't matter about your tattoos. It don't matter about your history, what you've done, where you've been. We all got them. Somebody hear me today. We all got a past. And some of our pasts are not so pretty. But if we're honest, none of our paths were perfect. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name if there's anybody here that needs to ask you into their heart that they would do so right now. Pray with me right now. If you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and live. I know that I'm a sinner, Lord. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and live. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I give my life to you today, Jesus. You prayed that with me. Let me see your hand. Slide it up where I can see it. Two, three, anybody? Don't be ashamed. Four, five, six. God bless you. Seven, God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Eight over there. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Nine, ten. Praise God for you over there. For you that raised your hand. For you that raised your hand. Feel God put his arm around you right now. Feel God put his arms around you. You feel that love? I felt it. I saw it again yesterday. Maybe you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you today. I realize through this message that you have a plan for my life. And I've gotten off course, Lord, but today I'm going to start serving you from this moment on. With all of my heart, I will be like that young bull rider and roll my sleeves up and get something done for you. In your precious name, I rededicate my life to you today. Lord, we close out this service. And we thank you for being here with us today. We love you and we praise you. In your precious son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.